And there she goes, that too much woman making people think too much, feel too much, swoon too much. She with her authentic prose and self-assuredness and the way she carries herself. She with her belly laughs and insatiable appetite and her proneness to fiery passion. All eyes on her thinking she is hot shit. Oh, that too much woman, too loud, too vibrant, too honest, too emotional, too smart, too intense, too pretty, too difficult, too sensitive, too wild, too intimidating, too successful, too fat, too strong, too political, too joyous, too needy, too much. She should simmer down a bit, be taken down a couple of notches. Someone should put her back in a more respectable place. Someone should tell her. My name is Omi Shade Bernie Scott, and this is the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. That poem is by Evian Whitney, and that poem, The Too Much Woman, describes my friend and sister of the heart, Nia Wilson, perfectly. You know, I met Nia about 15 years ago when we were coming back together around work with Spirit House, which is a cultural organizing organization focused on healing justice in the Black community that's led by Black women, focused on Black families, safety, love, reclamation, reimagining, arts, all of the things that make us happy, that make us joyous, that look like liberation. I really wasn't sure what our relationship was going to be when we first met because quite frankly, she walked with an energy that I wasn't sure I understood. It was so strong. And now that I know her, I know that she was walking with legion. She walks with her ancestors and she walks with the fierceness of someone who is committed to the healing of all of her people, the people that we throw away, the people that we think we don't want to deal with in the black community. She sees those people. She loves those people. She protects those people. And so, as fate would have it, we not only became friends and colleagues and movement sisters, we became sisters of the heart. And here we are now as we find ourselves in our 50s, not only continuing to talk about our commitment to the healing of our community, but also ourselves. What will liberation look like for us? How will we arrive in liberation? Will we arrive whole? Will we arrive happy? Will we be able to experience vulnerability and intimacy and love? These are all the questions we get to explore with each other. These are some of the questions that we explore during this episode. I'm so excited that she is the first interview for 2020 and you are really in for a treat. So sit back and relax and welcome to the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. Introducing Nia Wilson. So I have been excited about sitting down with you for quite some time because you and I talk all the time. All the time. All the time. All the time. And so I was like, all right, when I was trying to figure out the slate of folk who are going to be, you know, black women who are my peer group, also black women who are older, I was like, well, who do I want that I know I can like not only have a very delicious, deep conversation with, but I also gotta have fun with, I could laugh with mm-hmm. and potentially cry with. And I was like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Quick, easy decision, Mama Nia's in that short list. And thank you for saying yes back in 2019. Of and course. Here we are in 2020 and I'm excited. 
I think I want to tell folk this context of how I met you. I think most people who know Spirit House's story knows that Spirit House started 20 years ago and it was started by a group of people, predominantly black men. There were a couple sisters at the table, including myself, who were like, listen, our kids are being terrorized in public school. We need to figure out a way to breathe into our children using culture and arts, which is a very subversive thing that black folk have always done, right? And are you down to help figure out how we can do that? And I was like, yeah, I'm totally down to figure out how we can do that. And so it was a part of that process of helping to bring a construct that had already been alive in other parts of the country as Spirit House is not a name or an idea new to Durham. But I had seen you. I had seen you at Whole Foods, which was not Whole Foods. It was what? Wellspring. Wellspring. (laughs) This is when you know, for folk who are not from North Carolina, Whole Foods is the devil and has taken over a lot of the locally owned health food stores. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to Durham, I thought of Wellspring as a health food store. Right? (laughs) And I used to see you at Wellspring. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, I know this sister. The sister with the eyes. You're like, you know, you know, Nia, you know, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, that's who I was at Wellspring. Right. You know, Nancy. I'm like, I don't think I know who you're talking about. You know, the sister with the locks, with the eyes. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She has a daughter who has eyes just like her. So y'all were the mother and the daughter with the eyes. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't always remember your name, but I always knew you as, oh, that's the sister with the eyes, with the eyes. And then as fate would have it. Spirit House went through a transition of leadership and we got reconnected, right? And I want to say I came back or was asked to come back to help do some visioning, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember if that was before the social forum or after the social forum. So U.S. social forum, um, there's a world social forum, a U.S. social forum, a Southern social forum, which are these gatherings of people who are working on social justice movements globally. And it brings everybody together to have opportunities to do different sessions on different topics like environmental justice, racial justice, reproductive justice, things like that. And people have like open sessions to discuss things and share tools and everything like that. But they also, I think, do a pretty good job of infusing culture workers and healers Mm -hmm. into it. They've gotten much better. We were at the social forum together Mm -hmm. in Atlanta too. I remember, well, I remember meeting you once at Whole Foods, Shabazz introducing us. Mm-hmm. Then I remember Peace Fire and oh Katrina. My gosh. Hurricane Katrina. I remember you being the person doing all the coordination from Peace Fire. Damn. Uh huh. We didn't associate too much, but you were the person who was doing all the coordination at Peace Fire. Mm-hmm. And that's before. That's before the social, social forum. forum. And then yeah. social forum. Isn't that funny? Yeah. When I became the executive director of Spirit House and the director told me to build my board, you know, who do you want? And although you and I had not really associated that much, mm-hmm. I knew that you were um, one of the founding members mm-hmm. and I just knew that I wanted you at the table. I didn't have a specific reason, Mm. or you know, we weren't really chilling and hanging out, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, yeah, that sister, 
she needs to be a part of the rebirth, the visioning, the moving forward. Mm, 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 mm. And I think I asked you in the parking lot of you did. Whole Foods. Yeah, you did. What happens at Wellspring, Wellspring. Whole Foods Market? <laughs> in the parking lot. <laughs> in the parking lot. In the parking lot, yeah. And I remember saying to you, I don't know, because I had a not-so-great mm-hmm. exchange with the, the brother Shabazz who had started it and had left a sour taste in my mouth. Mm-hmm. And, and you received that, too. So that was almost 15 years ago mm-hmm. at this point, maybe 16. Mm-hmm. And when I said to you, I don't know, sis, but I'll stay open. I'm open to the conversation. You were like, that's all I need. Mm -hmm. I respect that. That's all I need. And that's who you've consistently been, not only with me, but with other people who I know are engaged in culture work, movement work, folk who are creatives. You know, like when somebody's like not sure how they want to be engaged in a process, you're like, okay, I respect where you are. But the space is open for you. Mm-hmm. If you want to lean in more fully, we'll make space for you. You know, I also feel like our ancestors were in cahoots. They were That's just like, definitely. these sisters, this Aries and this Sag, <laughs> they need to come together because mm-hmm. there's, there's work to be done. So I want to start off by like talking to you about the Mama Nia avatar. Because everybody in their mama knows you as Mama Nia. Mm-hmm. Who was the first person? To start calling you Mama Nia. Because you just turned 56. Mm-hmm. So you, But you've been called Mama Nia for a minute. Yeah, for more than 10 years. Yeah. Ebony Noel Golden. <laughs> I thought it was Ebony. Ebony Noel Golden. And she just decided mm-hmm. to start calling me Mama Nia. Mm-hmm. And folk just followed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There wasn't some official title or some moment where I adopted the Mama mm-hmm. in front of the Nia. Mm-hmm. You know, Heather, my daughter's friends would call me Mama Nan mm-hmm. um, as they were coming up, but they were children, and that made sense. But this thing out in the world mm-hmm. where I became Mama Nia, it was Ebony, and it stuck. Mm-hmm. And she sort of commanded a room in being like, no, this is Mama Nia, like mm-hmm. show her some deference. Mm-hmm. And I would always be like, what is happening? But I, you know, I accepted it. And at this point, it's it's okay. How does it feel on your body at this point? Because it, it maybe it didn't feel... It didn't feel, it didn't feel right at all. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it feels right. It fits. It's interesting to me when people say, ask me, mm-hmm. should I call you Mama Nia? Or is it okay for me to call you Mama Nia? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, sure. Mm-hmm. I had someone just a few days ago who's been calling me Nia in our new relationship, our new sort of interactions with each other say, I should be calling you mama. My parents would really get me if Mm -hmm. they knew that I was just calling you Nia. And I don't think, I didn't think anything of it, Mm -hmm. but it, it is definitely in my case, I feel like it's, um, it's deference. Mm -hmm. It feels okay now. I am only 56. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes I'm like, you know, it feels kind of like the man thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm from the north. Mm-hmm. So when I moved here and people were saying ma'am to me, yes ma'am and no ma'am, I was like, don't ma'am me. Mm-hmm. I'm not your grandmother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then I, you know, the longer I lived in the south, the more I came to understand, especially culturally, how mm-hmm. important that deference is. 
And so I don't feel like I should blow it off as though it's not important. It absolutely is important in our culture. And so I'm grateful that Mm -hmm. folks have that kind of deference for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even folks who are in my age group or older Mm -hmm. still call me that. But it was not a title that I created for myself. No, you you didn't anoint yourself that. You know what's interesting is like, I I mean, I call you Nia. Mm Mm-hmm. But if we're out you somewhere, introduce me as I, will, I will introduce you as Mama you Nia. I also feel like I need for folks to show respect. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that black women aren't respected. We already know this. That was a, a sigh. That black women aren't respected. Black femmes aren't respected. Trans black women aren't respected. If you are a black woman presenting person in this world, you are not respected. You're just not. Not. And so... I know that there are times when we are in space, especially in spaces where I'm not clear about who the audience is mm-hmm. or who the individuals are. I will do that deliberately, almost like as a knife to cut it. Like, I'm like don't start any shit, <laughs> right? Like off top. I'm like, and this is Mama Nia Wilson. Just to like put people in their place immediately. You know, I'm like, you're like, you're like your guard. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. No. Or if we're walking into a place and there are some people I know they're in the space with us and I'm not sure if people are always willing to give you the respect that I think you deserve and have worked for and have paid for with your spirit and your, and your body. I will also do it then. I'm here with mama Nia Wilson. Cause it's just to me, it's just like this affirmation of like, please don't play with her. Sometimes it feels a little strange. Like even yeah. as I'm listening to you, I'm like, but I'm not. We're, and we're only three years you apart. Know, no, age. it's not the yeah. age. It's just like, sometimes it just feels like I'm not as, I'm not all that. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I feel the same about you. Like what I love about us, mm-hmm. you and I mm-hmm. is like, we're like, yo, 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 mm-hmm. yo, get it right. <laughs> Get it right. Mm-hmm. You you good? Mm-hmm. You good? We got it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? That's that's how we roll together. It's, mm-hmm. just, it's just one look, mm-hmm. and we know it's time to, to, to get it. The squad up. You know, and so I'm, I appreciate that about our relationship mm-hmm. and how strong that is. But I feel like there is some, um, the deference sometimes is hard because I'm like, am I really, am I really all that? Mm-hmm. And then, and then there's this other thing of, <laughs> don't play this like fake humility like you know who you are mm-hmm. you know what you've done mm-hmm. you know what you do you know what your ancestors and what the universe is expecting of you you know you accepted that you know your years on this right and and that you've accepted yeah. to, to move into that responsibility accepted to move in that way so yeah you're all that because that's what they charged you with you're not all that because you were born something special. You're all that because that's what they charged you with and you accepted it. Mm-hmm. And therefore, don't deny it mm-hmm. with some with your own insecurity. So, mm-hmm. you know, I say false humility, but it's actually insecurity. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. challenging insecurity yeah. is a pretty difficult thing. It is. Because it lives in our body. Yeah. And Don't nobody want to know we have actually actual have insecurities as we get older. That's part of, I think, the intimate conversations that we have all the time. And when people (laughs) started calling me Mama Omi, like, about the time I turned 50, I was like, 
hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. <laughs> we are not ready. <laughs> like, am I being shoved into eldership? Mm-hmm. And I felt like, you know, it was like digging my feet in like skirt. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. What are you doing? Because legit, just like you, like some folk I know the year before, it was just like, what's going on, Omi? And then all of a sudden I became Mama Omi. And I remember the first time it landed on my ear, I was like, what is that? What? Mm-hmm. Since when? So that's an interesting thing. But getting back to this thing of insecurities and also just like awareness of where you're still growing and moving post 50. Do you, do you feel like it's hard sometimes because you have such a public persona, mm-hmm. not just in Durham or even in, in North Carolina and the South, but nationally there's so many people who know of Spirit House. They know who you are. Do you find it it's hard, and I feel like this is me cheating because I, I kind of already know the answer to this question. <laughs> Do you feel like it's hard to be able to express the places where you're, you feel insecure or the places where you feel like you're still growing and you just really don't know, don't have an answer? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, for multiple reasons. Number one is just because I'm a black woman. Mm-hmm. And as black women, we're put on a pedestal, we're put up on a shelf. Mm-hmm. We're only expected to perform in a particular way. Mm-hmm. And if we show anything else for us, it means there's something wrong with us. Mm-hmm. The rest of the world is allowed to be human and we are not. Right. And then put on top of that, a woman who is seen as a leader, and that is certainly not allowed yeah. to, to be human or to, to still be working through things that, you know, I've been working through since my childhood right. that still live in my body. Right. Or if I'm if I'm doing that, I it has to happen in private. It should not happen in public. No one should be able to see that is what I feel is communicated to me and mm-hmm. what I feel like I'm pushing against all the time because I want my humanness on display. Even the hard parts. Mm-hmm. I want that on display. And I feel like we have done such a disservice to our mamas by not allowing that space for them. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to continue to move in that way, mm-hmm. in part in honor of them, mm-hmm. and in part in honor, of course, of those coming up behind me, mm-hmm. us, so that they know always mm-hmm. that it's okay for people to see your humanness. Mm-hmm. If they're uncomfortable, they need to deal with it. Mm -hmm. You get to be human. Part of it, you know, I can feel myself, even as I'm talking, giving you the movement answer, giving you the leader answer, and less of the human answer. And that's where I then have to, like... What's the human answer? I mean, I I don't... Do you always feel good about women? Oh, no, no. I do not always feel good about where I am. It's a struggle every day. Mm -hmm. It's a struggle to feel good, to find joy, to accept who I am and where I am. I think I told you a couple of days ago that I don't recognize myself when I look in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a pretty profound thing to say, but I don't. Mm And, and it might be some of this idea that who is 
Mama Nia with her head wrapped and her sage, her, her, and sage her white, her white <laughs> yeah. is not necessarily the person that I see when I look in the mirror. And the difference between the space that lives in between is pretty vast. It's actually pretty huge. Right. I wouldn't say that I was living in a space that where, you know, it was just one step over and then I'm here. Mm -hmm. There's a vast expanse mm -hmm. between parts of myself. Because I also don't want to say this as if I'm being performative or fake. Mm -hmm. There's just an expanse between some parts of myself and other parts of myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to be able to move through all of that. Yeah. So when I'm feeling vulnerable and sometimes I'm like I'm just a girl yeah. and folk would look at me like what does that mean mm -hmm. but I'm just a girl mm -hmm. and I'm always I at this point <laughs> I'm 56 so mm -hmm. I believe the just a girl is going to always exist I don't think that's going anywhere right, right. and then there's you know mama Nia yeah and those are not the same yeah and that's not a contradiction, mm -hmm. right? I do think it would be so much easier for people to consume if you only were one dimensional, mm -hmm. right? So you were consistently the person who they expect you to be or the person that they have interacted with as if a new day doesn't present a new opportunity for them to see another part of you, mm -hmm. right? So they're like, no, I met that person on that day and that's the person I expect to show up all the time. Right. And so when your humanness shows up, they're like, no, 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 no. I need you to tuck that in. I need, where's the other person? Right. And you're like, well, the other person is not available today. You're going to get who's available. And sometimes the conditions set that. Sometimes my own insecurities will set that. You know, this thing around not recognizing yourself is, I feel like, a really powerful thing as you are actually changing. Like, there are parts of myself, both physically and I think emotionally, that are looking new to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to be like, what am I looking at? Because <laughs> sometimes when I get up in the morning, I'm looking in the mirror, or if I'm just doing a body check of myself, I'm like, well, what is, this is new. And how do I not let anxiety start to creep in or judgment or whatever creep in around the newness and just be like, well, that's new. Hmm. Is that newness something that I feel like I want to be able to walk with? Is that newness something that I should be concerned about? Whatever. Instead of immediately going to, well, that's just some old shit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, here's some new old shit mm -hmm. that I'm dealing with, you know? And The Root posted a video in the last 24 to 48 hours of Ayanna Pressley. Yes. And I, cr I, cr I cried yes. because I understand. I feel like I'm getting emotional right now. Like, I understand as someone who moves in a community known by the way I look. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. You could be all the way down at the end of the street and folks be like, Mama Nia's down there. Because they know your shape. They know your style. They know your persona. And to publicly say, something that you all know me as is gone. It's gone. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, my God. You are so amazing. Mm -hmm. And I did not want to fall into the, and aren't you a strong black woman right. for doing that? Because I almost fell into it. I well, almost fell into it. And I was like, you know what? Aren't you amazing for making yourself vulnerable and still not being very clear about what the hell this means for you? 
what I appreciated about it at the end was basically her saying, and I'm still getting used to this. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like the video was her avatar of being a strong black right. woman. Right. I felt like she created this video in order to help herself be in this new normal. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, everyone can see it. But I'm still trying to figure out what this new normal means mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm letting you all into this part of me being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. That's how I felt about it. It made me feel really good and not like see her as someone who was this powerful woman mm -hmm. and cut off her humanness. Right. I can't imagine what living with alopecia that came on suddenly mm -hmm would mean mm -hmm. I think about things like that you know often yeah. I have even little fears about it mm -hmm. about what it means to not be to not be seen as the person that you've been seen as for so long mm -hmm. what would that mean and then I also want to some degree that kind of unmasking mm -hmm. to say well this is actually who I am mm -hmm. and to see what would happen with that yeah. What would happen for you or for the people around you? Right. What would happen? What would the reactions be? Mm -hmm. And yes, what would happen for me? I was in a meeting um, a few months ago at Duke with a whole bunch of people who worked at Duke and UNC and Central and, and business owners. And I revealed that I, I didn't finish college, mm -hmm. that I have no college degree. Mm -hmm. And I revealed it in a very proud, mm -hmm. you know, here I am commanding this room and here I am just a regular community person and you all have no faith in people in community and look at me mm -hmm. and you wouldn't know that I you know, didn't finish college. I don't have a master's degree or a PhD or mm -hmm. any of that. But as the meeting progressed, I was full of shame. I could hardly breathe and I wanted to run out of the room. Not because anyone had any reaction to what I said, but because I had revealed myself in a room full of people who now knew something that was to me pretty intimate because they had other assumptions about me. Right. And so I didn't expect to have that kind of a reaction because it's not anything that I'm ashamed of. Right. And I'm, you know, it's not anything that I don't have, I don't have a problem saying it, right. but I don't know if it's because maybe my reasoning was not necessarily tied to revealing my humanness mm -hmm. as much as I was saying it almost as a way of trying to punish the other folks in the room. Yeah, putting them in their place. Right. Yeah. And so that, that never feels good. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing I've definitely done. And I feel like, you know, I took this sabbatical, which I am actively putting into the universe that you're taking a sabbatical. So this is just like sabbatical one-on-one sabbatical prep for you so it's just, you could say you could tell me thank you next year okay. like thank you Omi again for like the sabbatical prep you're All like you're welcome right. uh-huh yeah and part of the <laughs> in the sabbatical prep of unlearning is like when I feel like I have to announce a thing to people to put them in their place to make myself feel safe or to protect people mm -hmm. I feel like are not safe so it's either I don't feel safe or the people who I feel like I am working with or for mm -hmm. or are a member of to keep them safe. And then, like, I will deliberately say something that's shocking to make people be like, oh. And it's been used as a tool. It's rarely been used as a way to show my humanness. Right. And I think that this last year of therapy, as well as the, the break from movement work, was 
my therapist consistently asking me, how are you going to show people your true self? Mm. Because your true self is the thing that really wants to be seen. And because we have fear around our true selves, either not being seen or valued or harmed, we've created these things that keep us safe. Right. He's saying that's not, and it's not a problem Mm -hmm. unless that thing that keeps you safe harms you, harms other people. Mm -hmm. So you can slowly begin to like unpack what that means. And so I've definitely done that. Like when people don't know my journey as a mom, I would sometimes take great pleasure in being like, oh yeah, I wasn't married when. I, mm-hmm. I had Jay. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. I have two different fathers of my children. And so folks are like, what, what? Because there's an assumption because of my packaging or the way I move in the world or where I've been, that that's not going to be a truth for me. I don't know if I've ever told y'all I lived in public housing. I lived in Walnut Terrace in Raleigh. That was a very interesting, challenging time in my life when Shay was a little guy. And I don't think that I have actually said to folk as we've been trying to figure out ways to support black moms living in public housing that I actually, I lived in public housing Mm -hmm. for a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And what that experience was like for me in my 20s of trying to figure out like how to make ends meet and just being so incredibly underemployed. It was just ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I, too, lived in public housing chill, in my chill, 20s. Chill. So, yeah. Listen, and so, you know, when we walk into a space and we can command a room and people expect us to be able to not only facilitate or train people, but they're like, they're going to sing a song and smudge <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're going to heal us. And you like, you know, for real, I would just like for somebody to rub my damn there feet. There you go. <laughs> I would love somebody to rub my yeah. feet. And so... I just I I do want to dip into the pool of um, intimacy. I want to dip into the intimacy. Oh, pool. okay, we're there now. We're there. I just I just feel like that was a nice little segue okay. into what we think is possible. And I had deleted Bumble from my phone. I said this in my last episode too, and I put it back on, and it's just not it's not yielding. <laughs> I don't know what I expect, and so I'm wondering. What are the ways that we can actually continue to invite intimacy and pleasure and partnership into our lives if we really believe we deserve it? Um, I have no idea what the ways are. I have absolutely no idea. What I know is that I want partnership, even though... You know, anyone who's around me at any moment knows that I'm like, love, a puh. <laughs> yeah. That is that outward persona. Right. But when I say things like I'm just a girl, mm-hmm. that's mostly what I'm talking about. It's an invitation. I'm just a girl who wants what girls want mm-hmm. when it comes to love and intimacy mm-hmm. and partnership. Mm-hmm. I am by no means politically correct mm-hmm. with all the... I don't want chivalry. Mm-hmm. I don't want a man to take care of me. No, no I, I can't go with that. But mm-hmm. to be in partnership with a man, what I would want in partnership with a man when it comes to the quote unquote taking care of me is that when I come home after being out in the world in the way that I'm out in the world mm-hmm. for there to be a bath or a meal or mm-hmm. 
a show to watch mm-hmm. and some a foot rub and mm-hmm. some really good sex mm-hmm. with someone who sees me, mm-hmm. who sees the girl. Right. So I want my intimacy to be with a man who's, who sees and loves the girl. Mm-hmm. That's been rare in my life mm-hmm. in general. But as someone who is getting older, it yeah. feels impossible. Yeah. It, it absolutely feels impossible. And I don't put myself out there mm-hmm. at all for mm-hmm. that because I don't want to be hurt just like, you know, no one wants to be hurt. Yeah. And I feel like that part of me is very, very fragile. Yeah. And so where I can bounce back from even some of the more difficult attacks that I've had on my avatar of Mama Nia, Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I could bounce back from heartbreak Mm -hmm. in the same way. And Mm -hmm. so I Mm -hmm. just pretty much Mm -hmm. keep that part Mm -hmm. closed for now. For now. For now. You know, I said to somebody, I feel like I see older black women sometimes being relegated to a very thin kind of love. Mm-hmm. So it's a love for their kids, love for their grandkids if they have grandkids. And depending on where you live, maybe it's love for Jesus <laughs> or Jehovah mm-hmm. <laughs> or Arisha. Mm-hmm. But it's not like, hmm. Love is expansive and, and robust in that there is some good loving, loving, not mm-hmm. good loving. Good loving. Good loving. Mm-hmm. Good loving. Fully sit down in some good loving and be like, oh, shit. I don't want to, I don't want to follow a path. I want to fall into that trap. And I do want to work at it because I believe that I can have them. Mm-hmm. I am you know, there are parts of me that believes I deserve them, parts of me, of course, where the insecurity lives that tells me otherwise, but I'm constantly working mm-hmm. on unlearning all of these things. Mm-hmm. And so this is also something that I am unlearning. So as I said, while I might, even putting this out publicly yeah. allows for everyone to challenge me when I go, love, puh, you know, because they're like, nah, I heard the podcast. And you said you want some you good loving. You said you want some good loving and that you was just a girl. Yeah. And you want somebody to rub your feet. And then you're going to be like, damn it, oh me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I again, it, it also helps me to continue to unveil my humanness right. and just be honest about who I am. Right. So, yeah, intimacy. I am concerned about the Charlie horses. <laughs> so we're going to, we're, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to quickly say something about this Charlie horse. Yeah, and then I'm going to, I'm going to ask you. As you get older. It's not a game. It's not it's a not game. It's not a game. It's so. In your mind, you can do that thing you was doing when you was 25. Ooh, but, child. Ooh, Lord, Lord, you cannot. <laughs> you could. I mean. You could. But you risk you, a Charlie you horse. You risk a Charlie horse. So unless you're going to like consistently keep some mustard beside you because mustard will help right with the charlie horse right. to be like but i don't i don't want to i don't want to jump on top of nobody and be like nah. hold up hold up don't move my whole <laughs> my whole thigh has seized up you be go get go i'm gonna slide off right. and i need you to go downstairs and i need you to get that mustard get the mustard get the mustard because mm-hmm. i need to eat a whole mm-hmm. tablespoon of mustard to work out this damn charlie horse like i'm not i'm not interested mm-hmm. in that which is another you know fear of like performance too it's just like i did perform in my 20s i did too and there were times where i know for a fact i was having not good sex did he know he absolutely he did absolutely not absolutely did not he was having good sex he was having great sex mm-hmm. and i was like 
I know I've had sex with people where all I could think was, I cannot wait to tell my girlfriends how terrible this sex is. <laughs> as like, soon as I get home, I'll be like, girl, this was trash. Girl, it was trash. Tell you. It was trash. And I also had the benefit of youthfulness where my body looked a certain way or moved a certain way or I felt a certain way. Where I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, whatever, whatever. I was like, now I'm just like, ah. Uh. Yeah, no, well, no, I don't want to have any bad sex. I mean, or if we have bad sex because your body does what it does. I mean, if you're in a an honest interaction with somebody, you can maybe laugh about it. It was like, well, that was just not, that wasn't good. <laughs> that was, we should just, we should make some sandwiches. <laughs> with mustard. With mustard. So that way I won't catch a child horse next time you try to give it to me. But I think that now I would be much more honest if I could also push past the fear of getting to a place of possible honesty. Right. The same way you talked about the many spaces that are between your public facing avatar or persona and your girl. There's also for me this like, okay, well, if I get through any of this fear or insecurities to this place of intimacy that looks like vulnerability and communication and honesty, I feel like it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. I just got to, I just got to get there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But so for me, I think, yes, my early stages of intimacy, it was all performative Mm -hmm. for multiple reasons. Mm -hmm. And it was rare that I got past that performative space Mm -hmm. to actual Mm -hmm. true intimacy. And ironically, men didn't necessarily know Mm -hmm. or understand Mm -hmm. that we had just crossed over to something different. Yeah. Because I prided myself in being good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I do this. I'm good. I'm you going to remember That's right. me, you coming back for more. Yeah. I'm going to make sure that that happens. Right. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> that many of those feats are unattainable <laughs> today. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, and I also don't want to. Again, yeah. as I'm saying all of this thing about, you know, unlearning, I also... I do understand the difference and I I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And so what that means for (laughs) sex is, yeah, I'm like, yeah, no, nah, nah, nah. (laughs) We're not doing this thing like this. Yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to have, we're going to do it this way. That's right. We're going to take our time. That's right. We're going to have some foreplay. We're going to, you're going to just hold on. You're going to be all right. That's right. And, um, and I don't want a Charlie horse. I don't. And I don't. And so, um, you have to understand who I am and where I am. I also think <laughs> it's also different for me now because, like you were saying earlier, you know, the people be like, I'm fucking Mama Nia. <laughs> <laughs> what their age is oh you know what I mean? this doesn't even matter what they're in in movement spaces i'm like no nah, can we not like please can we not please i'm out here leading <laughs> a march a yeah, rally whatever and then an action they're like yo i was <laughs> fucking mama nia right no 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 honey listen me and you right it's me and you Yes, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. I don't like that. That is that also is a a place of pause for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you interested in me because you really want to get to know me? Are you interested in me because I'm the only with the gray hair? Mm-hmm. Well, it makes a difference for what happens in that moment. Because yeah. if, if I'm saying that 
the avatars are different. Mm -hmm. They have different needs. Mm -hmm. They look different. They sound different. Mm -hmm. Then that's not how I enter into the space with you. Yeah. yeah. And so it's an interesting, I mean, it's a hard space because I don't know how to necessarily break that down mm -hmm. with someone who may not have, may not be interested in all of that, mm -hmm. you know, just wants to fuck Mama Nia. Mm -hmm. And you know, so I, I'm just cussing. So it's, it's okay to cuss. You know, when, <laughs> when I was younger, I mean, and even now, you know, I had this thing about me where, because, you know, this was Nancy with the, with the eyes mm -hmm. and the light skin and the, you know, the hair and the this and the that. And, you know, so in this, in a, in a different, in a different way, pre-movement life, it was still, I was this sort of exoticized. Mm -hmm. And so I would just be honest. I'd be like, so what you want? you want to fuck me and they'd mm -hmm. be like what, what, what and I'm like so don't come at me with what you think that I want to hear and at this stage if someone was like well I want to fuck Mama Nia I'd probably be like nah she don't nah that's not what we doing no it's not but what if we're you want to get to know <laughs> Nancy <laughs> Nancy you know, you, every time you do you giggle like every single time you have gotten to a moment where you're talking about the girl. You giggle, mm -hmm. you know. This is like this. This is the sweetness of it all, and I. There's so much sweetness that exists inside of you, mm. and you know. And there's so much. I think there's so much sweetness that exists inside of Black women that we we hold, we hold tight to, because we don't want it to be harmed, or mm -hmm. it's been harmed. Or we don't want it to be squandered. Her sweetness is seen as weakness. It's not seen as not it's cool. not seen as sweetness. Yeah. Which is a which other people are allowed to have. Yeah. Our sweetness is seen as weakness. Absolutely. And so it's not treasured. Yeah. And Absolutely. so it's you know, you don't want to put that out there when the only thing that's treasured about me is my movement work your forward stance your ability right. to get stuff done right. i'm trying to flip some of that on its head with some of this stuff we're doing with this podcast to to have us really rethink that the sweetness is the strength i did some photos of years back with a photographer that a lot of people have done work with and he he kind of body checked me on my sweetness thing he was like so are you still being sweet i said i'm always sweet he said no you're kind Wow. I said, he said, but you withhold the sweet sometimes. And I was like, yeah. He's like, you know, when you withhold the sweet, it'll go sour. Huh? And I was like, ugh. So he's like, if you don't ever give the sweet as if you know that the sweet is actually power, is strength, is something that's very valuable, it'll sour. And I was like, damn. I definitely feel like there are parts of me where sweetness lives that I'm like, mmm. If I show that, people are going to think that's some simple shit. They're going to think that's some silly shit, girly shit. You know, like being a girl is a bad thing. Sexy, yes. Right. Powerful, yes. Yeah. Sassy, yes. Sweet, uh, I don't know about that. And so I'm really trying to rethink the place and the value of sweet. Because yeah. I want it. Um, I do want to say, though, I do want to say, as you were talking, it made me very emotional, mm -hmm. feel very, like, vulnerable, and damn, this is so unfair to us mm -hmm. 
for our most tender parts mm -hmm. to not be seen as valuable. Yeah. That we have to shut off our most tender parts because we have been told that they are a weakness. Yeah. And they are the things that if we were able to unlearn everything, that's probably our most authentic self. Mm, I think so. I wanna to talk to you about rest really quickly, but I think that sweetness gets relegated to youthfulness or when you're much older. Mm -hmm. So when you encounter a young woman or a girl, you say, oh, she's so sweet, good, that's mm -hmm. a good thing. Or when you encounter an elder who's like in their 70s or 80s, Oh, she's, she's, she's so sweet. She's so sweet. And you like you want to snuggle up against that elder who's sweet. But when you're like, I don't know, in your 50s or 60s, and someone's like, oh, sweet. They're like, what do you mean sweet? Is she simple? <laughs> <laughs> so I got emotional too. I appreciate that. And I would like for us to maybe even reclaim something that we didn't even know belonged to us mm -hmm. in our 50s. Mm -hmm. I would like that. Your sweetness, mm -hmm. where you can reclaim that mm -hmm. in our 50s. I also want us to reclaim rest. Yeah. And talk about a little bit as we kind of start to bring our time together to a close. And I'm wondering how we, in the same way, we chart a path for the younger sisters who are coming behind us around vulnerability and communication, that we also chart the path around I don't think we're doing a good job. Not at all. <laughs> I don't think we're I doing a good job. I don't even want to pretend like I'm doing a good job. Mm. I shared with you all over the, right before the new year, about my addiction mm -hmm. to moving, mm -hmm. to be in constant movement, mm -hmm. and how harmful it is, that I recognize how harmful it is, that I don't even know how to rest. Mm -hmm. I talked about this movie that I saw mm -hmm. where the woman who was the commander of the ship when she was injured and the doctor told her that she wanted to put her in a coma for a moment so that her spine could heal, that instead of allowing that to happen, she built a harness so that she could walk and get back up to the hull of the ship mm -hmm. and continue doing what she was doing. Right. And I watched that from my sick bed and was like, bitch, that's you. That's you. Like, it was like, message. <laughs> it's like between, like, the <laughs> terrible, it's terrible. It's like, you have a choice. You could actually rest. Like, I can assist you. Mm -hmm. I can assist you with resting. And that way your body can heal unencumbered. You won't have to do anything. Right. You actually already have a good team. Right who will not let this ship sink. Mm -hmm. And she was like, nah. Nah. I'm going to build this harness my damn self. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be in pain because I really can't actually walk. Right. Walk my ass up. Right. And I'm going to stand there. Right. It was very clear to me that Ooh. that is how I operate right. in my life. And I'm being challenged by younger women who are saying, I love you. You know, I hold all this deference for you and I refuse to be you. Yeah. I refuse mm -hmm. to be you. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to move the way that you're moving. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily, for me at least, the lesson that I had from watching the women who came right. before me. Right. right. I appreciate young people saying that right. to me. 
that no, I reject that part of who you are as a who black women are. We we because it's not just the whole gaggle of mm-hmm. young people right now who are saying we reject that. Yeah, and so I am in a process of learning from younger people. You know, I appreciate intentional. You know, is is intentionally attempting to live differently. So for me, I'm learning rest from mm-hmm. those who are coming up yeah. behind me. And I am grateful for that. And I am I make every intention to let them know that that is happening for me and that that is the gift that I've been given. Yeah. I'm not a good example right now of what it means to rest. Mm-hmm. But I'm working on it. Awesome. I'm working on it because... I deserve it. And my ancestors, you know, I told you that that time when I was in Captiva and Mm -hmm. I was sitting outside and thinking about, you know, having to be struggling and all of this. And I felt like, you know, I got this message from the ancestors who were like, nah, we didn't ask you to do that. So don't put that on us. Right. Because we did that. So you don't have to be this. That's right. And I was just like, oh. And to get that kind of a message where it's like, we're not asking that of you. Mm-hmm. You are making a choice in this moment because we've given you, we've, we've given you the messages. Mm-hmm. So we understand if you didn't know, mm-hmm. but now, you know, mm-hmm. both the messages are coming from us mm-hmm. and the messages are coming from those who are younger than you. Yeah. So if you're hard, if your hard headedness won't allow you to try to do something different than you have to acknowledge that. And so, and I say that not to be hard on myself. Mm-hmm. I say it to acknowledge the truth about myself mm-hmm. and then to make different choices. Yeah. So, you know, I'm trying and I want to rest before my body just breaks down mm-hmm. and forces me to do it. Because it will. It has in the past. Yeah. And so, you know. I'm trying. Maybe sabbatical. Who knows? I don't know. I'm claiming sabbatical for you. I'm praying sabbatical for you. I'm conjuring sabbatical for you. I appreciate the model. Again, like Alexis, I appreciate the sister, Trisha, who's the nap the bishop nap, yeah. of nap ministry. Like I know I've talked about nap ministry before on the podcast, but good God Almighty. I haven't really looked into this yet. I, Listen, I hear about it. I feel like every time I am in a place of getting into a, a hypersensitivity around not doing enough or not doing in a way that's public enough for people to prove to people right. that I'm worthy. So maybe it's not even the doing. It's the doing in a public manner that can be witnessed so people will say, and that sister is doing something right. that's worthy of praise, affirmation, or support. She will post something that just pokes a whole ass hole in it. And look at, weren't you good? Because the sacrifice was that huge. Nah, I'm not with that. We're not going, nope, not going out like that. So because we are in the first quarter of the year, um, these podcasts that are going to go out, we haven't had an opportunity to kind of like cultivate some listener letters for you to respond to. So that actually means that you get to spend a little more time making an offering. So this year, we're going to actually work on a tangible guide to menopause for black girls, right? All the black girls. The black girl lives in you. Mm-hmm. Black girl lives in me. Mm-hmm. Black girl lives in people coming behind us. And it'll be an interactive kind of thing. And so 
we ask each person who does a, an episode, what would you want to offer to the guide? And legitimately, we're going to pull these offerings and they're going to live in this book, this guide, this zine, whatever it actually manifests into. We're going to start working on it this year and we're hoping to get it out by early 2021. Um, I think uh, what I would offer is something, it is sort of what I've been talking about. So what does it mean to live to be in this body. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to be in this body at this time? Mm -hmm. um, to acknowledge what this body wants and needs um, and to move accordingly. Mm -hmm. Because that's what I'm intentionally doing. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I do the whole um, meditation or leading some sort of centering and grounding and I talk about the fact that we spend so much time outside of our bodies mm -hmm. in order to be able to lead that it means that I'm I'm learning to live inside this one mm -hmm. and so what are the things that help me to do that mm -hmm. what are the songs what are the what is the breath work what are the movements what are the shows you know I'm, mm -hmm. I'm watching funny things mm -hmm. that make me laugh mm -hmm. belly laugh mm -hmm. so that I can feel it yeah I don't know if that's sort of what you're talking about, but that's what I feel like. If that's what you feel, that's the offering. Mm -hmm. You don't have a, an idea mm -hmm. of what it should be, but what it can be. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's what I'd like to, to talk more about. That's what I'd like to uncover for us, the truth about what it means to be in these bodies, mm -hmm. to be a girl, and to be a powerful leader. Mm. Breathe, hum, mm. sing. Thank you. Thank you for being on the show. I love you. I love you too. I appreciate you. Thanks so much for tuning in to our first episode of 2020 for the Black Girl's Guide to Surviving Menopause. Don't forget that we want to hear from you. So submit your listener letters. You can send your questions, comments, or even topics that you would like for us to explore on the podcast to decolonizing the crone that's all one word at gmail.com once again that's decolonizing the crone at gmail.com and put in the subject line listener letters while you're thinking about what you might want to ask us get prepared we are bringing our first intergenerational conversation on march 19th to harlem new york that's right we're coming to you new york city you asked for it and you got it we are excited that we are going to partner with Ebony Noel Golden of Betty's Daughters Arts Collaborative, and it's going to be good. We've got some hands-on activities. We've got some really amazing partners from the community who will be bringing their offerings for the Vernal Equinox to share with you, and you'll be able to purchase some items. We'll have new merch available. It's going to be a great evening. We guarantee it. The early bird tickets are available via Eventbrite, and you can find the Eventbrite link in our bio, both on Instagram and on Facebook. Our Instagram handle is at the Black Girls Guide to Menopause, and our Facebook page is at the Black Girls Guide to Surviving Menopause podcast. Check it out and get your tickets today. If you are interested in becoming a sustainer of the podcast, check out our Patreon page of the same name. There are several tiers there that you can choose how you want to support. 
You can make a one-time donation or you can become a monthly sustainer. Your sustainership will allow us to continue to produce and edit the podcast. It'll give us more monies available to bring community conversations to different communities across the country, and it will support the development and production and publication of the Tangible Black Girl's Guide to Menopause. And we really, really are hoping to be able to get that out and in your hands by 2021. So check out our Patreon page today. Thanks again for listening to this podcast and providing us support and affirmations of the stories that we're sharing. And we will see you again on the dark side of the moon.